This show is brought to you by Podetize, podcast hosting and done-for-you production services that get you heard by more of your ideal listeners. Visit podetize.com to book a free strategy call. That's P-O-D-E-T-I-Z-E dot com. Welcome to the MediaCasters with your business besties, Karina Belizzi and Julie Loken. In every episode, you'll get behind-the-scenes access to experts who share their struggles and successes in podcasting, publishing, and presenting. So grab a pen, grab your bestie, and kick it with Karina and Jules. Are you ready to kick it? I'm ready to kick it, business bestie. Today, what a treat we have today. I mean, I have gotten to know this gentleman over the past few months, and he just proves himself to be just that, a gentleman. He proves himself to be an expert in publishing. He's so motivational. He lays the stage for people to really ask questions and to understand. And he has an eye. He truly has an eye for the it factor. And we're going to learn about what the it factor is with Dominic Domanski. Are you so excited, Karina? I'm so excited. We're just going to bring him right up and get started. So let's do this. Welcome, Dominic. Let's kick it. There, I want to be a bestie too. Let's do this. <laughs> well, <laughs> you are pretty much now. Yes. There's no turning back. So Dominic, you are doing such amazing things. And the thing that I really was drawn to when I met you is that you really get outside of your ego. There is not a lot of ego in Dominic Domanski, and you like to put other people on stages. You like to put other people first and create the spotlight for them. And then Dominic's in the background. How does that happen? I, it, it's funny. I, I just had a phone call today and somebody said something like that. And I said, I prefer to be like the dark knight, the guy in the, in the shadows. And it wasn't, it's not, so I just don't, for me, there's so many people out there with inspiring stories, so many people out there that can make a difference, so many people that have been through, oh, climbed higher mountains, accomplished greater things. And for me, I want to feature them. I want to give them that spotlight. And if I have, if I do have this ability to help them tell their story, to help them give the voice, then I kind of feel like it's my duty to use that to help them. Dominic, I can't help it. I'm looking on YouTube here in the background as we're live streaming and seeing quite a few little icons in the background, like Goodfellas, the movie. I can tell you like a good film. You've got boxing gloves galore. So so what is this purview that we have into your life right here? Okay, so the ethos, I'm learning about this word ethos. So what you see behind me. That's like Karina's favorite word, by the way, ethos. She I say says ethos that all, all the time. time. <laughs> all the time. And masticate. And masticate. If, if or I, I'm going to chew on it. If I, We, we should it. play like a drinking game if we say a word that we always say. There you go. Okay. So the thing behind me you see, what, what they are a little um, snapshot into my life. But I was a restaurateur about 20 years ago, 15, 18 years ago, something in that timeline. And. I lost half a million dollars. I went bro wow. I went broke. I was in a government repayment plan, lost a house, lost a car. My life was flipped upside down. And the business at the time, a lot of these pictures hung on those walls. Mm. 
And for years, I didn't know what to do with these pictures. And I didn't know how to feature them in my life. They were hidden in boxes, kind of like my storytelling and kind of like the person I was. It was hidden away. And then as I started to write stories and help other people share stories. For a while, this was a studio that we used. Me and my son have a web series where we go out and interview inspiring people. So this was our studio at first, and we had those as a backdrop, and then we just keep adding more. But I wanted people to see into that life a little bit. So those are things that I'm passionate about and we keep adding to. And you even see some behind me over one of my shoulders there is some of the books we work on when we help other people write books, some of their covers. Dominic is an amazing champ. He is not only a champ, he's a motivation champ because everybody does need to know Dominic. And the fact that you lost, did you say a half a million dollars? That's, that is like, that's brutal. First of all. And how do you come home? Like with your tail between your legs and tell your family, your wife, your kids, dad, dad, just couldn't make it work that well maybe this was pre family it was pre-children and we were trying to have children it's funny how your the ebbs and flows of life and even with that i struggled i struggled so the journey is never as glamorous as you see on some oh you see pictures or a smile or this but we all have these times where we're down and if we keep fighting hopefully we get through but in that case it was a journey where after after a year or so we were thinking oh we'll we'll open second locations this is great and then by the end another year later i was robbing peter to pay paul and Mm -hmm. the roads closed in front of my business they were building a super center across the street and uh, I made a lot of mistakes back then. I was young, underfinanced, and things like that. And so you don't know going in. You go in full, full fledged. Everything, everything's always going to work. If I just work harder, it'll all work out. And I come from. I'm the son of a landscaper. My dad's 80 and still in the landscaping business. Hmm. Karina, <laughs> son of a landscaper. Well, here's the thing. Like you're starting to draw so many parallels to my own life that it's a little Mm -hmm. eerie. For one, my father's a landscape architect and my sister married into a restaurateur's family, the Mm -hmm. Aliotos in San Francisco. And so they had this restaurant Aliotos on at like, I think it was address was like three pier 29 or something like that forever, forever, which recently shut its doors. And I mean, she has since moved on from that relationship, but he's had a restaurant that succeeded that he sold to his partner, a restaurant that completely flopped and is now on his third restaurant. And there's even a life cycle to restaurants that succeed in some cases where they just start to ebb and flow and you have to work to reinvent them and really make sure that you're able to capture the hearts and minds of the local community because you have basically a 90% failure rate for new restaurants. Wow. They, they tend to fail in their first year of opening. And some people end up pushing so much of their personal finances in it to keep it alive because they have the belief that it can succeed in the second or third year. And sometimes they're right, but often they're bankrupt. <laughs> so it's just a, a really challenging world to break free from that kind of stereotype in. So I'm sure that you've learned a lot and that you've learned to apply some of these things in the world that you're in now, helping publishers have success in the realm of getting their books into the world. So can you talk about that? Like, what do you do differently? Yeah, I'd love to. The thing back then that I wanted to, so being a son son of a landscaper and proud, proud of it, and my dad taught me so much, 
back then I thought if I just work harder, it will all work out. If I just put in more hours, if I work, if I start to, well, I'll get a paper route. I'll stay open later on Fridays. I'll referee basketball games. There's, you run out of hours in a day and, you, and I still wasn't able to make it. So when that business closed, I got a job selling yellow page ads and I started about two hours away from my home. And I was reading books like Del Carnegie and Norman Vincent Peale and Joel Osteen and the Bible and Jeffrey Gittimer and John C. Maxwell. And so I, I'm studying these guys and starting to believe that I had something to say. And the thought that I had something to say was it was different. It was about going broke. It was about getting beat up. It was about getting cut from the team. It was about not being perfect. And that's where the start of writing came. But then once I was out there and I would get on a stage or tell somebody about my book, I would start to hear their story. I'd hear the story of a of a woman that her father was in a concentration camp, or I'd hear, I'd meet somebody who overcame a disease. I'd meet somebody who ran a marathon or had, had given two legs in Afghanistan for our country. And I met those type of people that were so inspiring. And I started to think the story I was writing, wait, it's so, and this goes back to Julie's question about being in the, the background, the story that I was writing, I started to feel in the stories I was telling personally, I started to think, wait a minute, they have a story. And I didn't even feel right necessarily the story being about me when there were so many, any time, any breath I was spending on me was time I wasn't sharing somebody else's story that maybe somebody else would connect with. And so that was the beginning of the business motivation champs. And so much of it is the sharing of inspiration, the sharing of a smile, the sharing of a nonprofit that has nothing to do, zero, with trying to make a profit or anything like that. It's if the goal is to share inspiration, positivity, and smiles 24-7, my job is to find out the, how to do that as much and how as often as how many ways we can. So part of that into the publishing is sometimes 120 characters or a post on social media isn't enough for somebody to share their message. So I love like you guys doing a podcast. I love it. That's a great way for another way people consume content and a great way to share your story. Another way is publishing or screenwriting or YouTube videos. So we try to help people in all those ways share their story. And that's how we come to Motivation Champs today. So how many books have you helped to release at this point? Or how many authors have you supported? Over over 100 authors. We're in uh, probably somewhere over 100 books around that. Yeah. You know, I think these days we see a lot of things out in media like, oh, uh, release a, a book in 28 days or less and have a bestseller in your first month. I want to have your perspective on those types of tactics because I think they work, right? They grab attention. People say, oh, I want to have a book in Click 28 babe. days. I want to have a bestseller in a month. So um, what do you say to people if they're out there and they see these kind of things fly by in their feed and, and they're interested in producing a book of their own or telling their story in a new way and they're enticed by them? What would you say to them? For me, I want to really understand why the person is writing the book. Where are, why are you writing this? Where are you trying to go? And then we help them reach, 
help them take the right path to get where they're going. So in this scenario that you listed, if somebody said, I have an event, I have event an event on day 30 and I need a book for day 30, well, then they probably should call that guy that's writing a book in 28 days. That might be the scenario where that is the perfect fit. So I like to look at all these scenarios and say, oh, it's not, that's not what I do. And I, I couldn't do that. I don't do that. It's not my, but I understand, well, okay, if you're trying to push yourself to be a bestseller on a day in a category, well, that might get 10 likes on a post, but did it really get you to where you wanted to go? And to Julie's point, that might, on that given day, that might spark interest of two people or 10 people, but is there something behind that that propels your message forward? And that's, uh, I'm more into into that lane. So I would really, because I, I can't discount that there could be somebody that doesn't ever want to write the book. Like I, I'm a fan of Gatsby or Red Badge of Courage or Uncle Tom's Cabin. And so, or Catcher in the Rye. So to, I think there's a beauty and a purity in the book. And to rush it, to do it these other ways, I don't necessarily agree with. But if somebody said, well, I'm going to have this guy record, he's going to record 10 of my stories and get this book out because I'm not a writer and I could have a story because this, this company was able to record it. There is some merit in that, but I would really want to understand what that person's intentions were and why they did it and have a, a solid conversation about that. If you're going to do something like that, what is your reason? And it better be firm. So rhyme with reason, I guess. Yeah, yeah. How, how was that for, uh, what would we call that? Uh, I think it was diplomatic. That's what I was going for. Diplomatic. Good, answer, good. You know, and we're not throwing eggs at anybody in particular. I mean, I would like to be able to write a best-selling book in 28 days, but I can tell you that um, the stories I'm working to tell, I can't get onto paper and fleshed out in that time. So sometimes as you write a book, the story isn't over yet, or you don't know how the story will mm -hmm. end. So I recently wrote a book about Alzheimer's. My mom battles with mm. Alzheimer's and it's been about a 10 year journey. And so when I started to write it, it was more cathartic and then COVID hit and I didn't know how COVID would, would hit and what, what that meant. And so it really changed that part of the book. And so you couldn't speed through this book because it, it didn't have the right ending yet. Mm. So sometimes, right. sometimes you might need to sit on that idea for years I, I hear the Queen's Gambit that the guy spent 30 years writing wow. the, and then it all of a sudden right place, right time. If it was the right place in the right time that at the beginning of a pandemic, they, he really, he met up with Netflix before and they released this Queen's Gambit that maybe in its other form, it would have never got the notoriety it got, but because right place, right time, right message, 75 million people watch it in a week or something. Yeah. And the story's out there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as a publisher, so it's, you know, there's so much to unpack in terms of publishing. There's so much to unpack in the writing process, but do you feel like when you talk to somebody or you read one chapter, you can really 
zero in. Is this going to work? It's, is it not going to work? Do they have the it factor? And is it worth their time to continue writing? Yeah, I think, I think now you asked how many people have I helped? Hundreds, hundreds. And how many people have I talked to? Maybe thousands where you have that conversation and you know, and even for the videos and stuff we do, like I may meet somebody through social media or something and that person has it. They might not know they have it yet. They might not be ready to do. Maybe it's video now. Maybe it's something else, but you can tell that person has it. And as it's my job in a way to build that and craft that and help them because sometimes just because they have it doesn't mean they can write their story. Doesn't mean that what they, when they think they've written their story, doesn't mean that they're able to deliver what they deliver like this. I met a, I met a gentleman one day. We're on a call like this and man, could he tell a story? He's smoking cigarettes while we're talking. And it was like 10 in the morning. I'm like, man, this guy's cool. He's drinking a beer. He pulls over a beer and starts drinking a beer while we're talking. And I'm hanging on every word. When I saw his story, it, it was not as polished as it needed to be and was very short and things like that. So this person probably needs some developmental help, maybe needs a ghostwriter. He should start a podcast and share his story like that. Maybe if he's obviously a great talker, yeah. I mean, maybe that's the avenue for him. What do they say? If you love to talk podcast, <laughs> if you love to write blog, I mean, <laughs> that's just the top tier, right? But when you get into writing a book, there's so much more, I think, to it. I think it can also be intimidating mm -hmm. to start putting the story down on word on paper. If you've had it in your head for a long time and you see it a certain way, maybe you lack the the ability to really kind of flesh it out on the page the way you can when you speak. So in those cases, sometimes even dictating it and then taking the dictation mm -hmm. to then write out what the story is could be helpful. I'm a huge believer in dictating into your phone, emailing it to yourself, or if you use a different app and you're, you can dictate right into your Google Docs or your notes or something like that. And to get down the bulk of the story, and then whittle it down or section it. Okay, I've been talking a lot about relationship. I've been talking a lot about overcoming adversity. Now all of a sudden, seeing it, you were able to dictate. Now I have a document, a working document. Where do I need to build? Where does it have holes? Where should I add more stories? To me, it's, it's beautiful. Well, and with speech to text these days, I mean, you can do it from your phone. You can actually utilize softwares. You could just record an audio file and upload that into something like Descript, and they'll just go ahead and create a Word doc for you from that file that you can then edit. So there's really no excuses not to get started trying to tell your story if you're really passionate Absolutely. about it. And I want to know, yeah. uh, what does it take to get published? What does it take for me to write a bestseller and how do I do it? Because I know for a fact that writing the book is the easy part. Keeping it alive is the challenge. The book is never over until you give up on it. So, so many people write the book and they tire after a week, after a month, after six months. Well, who's to say that the book wasn't going to hit in six months, 12 months, two years or something like that. So I think a lot of people give up way too soon. Then a lot of times they say, when should we start marketing the book? I haven't started writing it. What part of the book should I start? 
right now, today, yesterday. You should have been marketing in it six months ago, starting to talk about it, build momentum for it, get other people involved. It's in, in a lot of ways, the book is a business card for your business. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you have mm -hmm. to understand, understand I'm writing it for this reason. Where am I going? So those are a few of the ways, but it's, I could talk about this all day long, being a guest on lovely shows like this, getting out of your little circle of your wife and your friends that are telling you how great things are. Meet new people, share your message, new places. And the, the more people you can share your message with, they may ask questions that you don't know the answer to. They may ask questions that you're uncomfortable with and you have to figure it out and still be as charming as Karina and Julie are. Wow. Right now we're well, charming. Right now we're charming, sweet. Karina. Mm -hmm. Well, I like the yes, compliment. Always you. take those. But what I will say is that I've had one experience where an author reached out to me before they'd even really commenced writing their book to come on my show just because they wanted to work on the idea, which I think is totally great, right? In this case, um, he's a Stanford research researcher named David Johnson. I mean, there are so many David Johnsons. You could Google that and you'd have a hard time finding him, right? But he's a professor of law and also a uh, design thinking teacher with the B school, the D school at Stanford. So really smart guy, right? And he thinks he has a solution to actually mate or marry um, this the concepts of design thinking with activism to create more change on a global scale using uh, basically little cells of people or pods of people and different groups around the globe to connect via kind of the network effect and push for greater change, specifically with regard to climate activism. So it's a really interesting concept. And I think he's working on it, right? So as he's working on it, he's going on these different podcasts that are in the space and thinking about how he's going to architect the book to tell this story. And um, I, I just think that's an interesting method. It's not something that I've I've been approached. Um, I don't think I've ever been approached otherwise by an author that didn't actually have the book written yet. I mean, to, so to you two that are finishing a book, I wonder how many of the stories that are in there that you've touched on at some point, told at some point, and then for the story, for the book, you might elaborate or go deeper in them. But a lot of what's in a book is things that you've practiced over and over. You've tested out other places. You've tested out. That we've shared on this podcast, frankly. Yeah, right? yeah. So to practice it and, and start to realize people are receiving this well. I should mm -hmm. tell this. They, they were asking me for more detail. I should elaborate. So I think that is an excellent way to go about it. Yeah, that's really interesting. I hadn't thought about that. Guest before you're finished with the book, but market the book. Oh, along the way. I think that before book launch, Dominic can correct me. I think at least three to six months before you start actual launch. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you have to know it's coming soon. You're talking about other things. And I would believe that we author may have written the greatest book, but when you're on a podcast, when you're being a guest to drill down and talk about, I see that right in front of me here is a book, uh, Killing Kennedy by Bill O'Reilly. If if I'm on the, if I'm Bill O'Reilly and I'm talking just about this book, 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 and and you're not interesting to the to the host, you can't contribute to the conversation. It's their podcast, so 
to think that you're going to go on and steal mm-hmm. all the momentum and talk about only your product is uh, really a recipe for failure with um, authors. And you need to have a story. And you dazzled us with your story of losing half a million dollars. You have to have a story that grabs people in, especially if you are an author that is going to jump on podcasts. And so many authors, though, that I've met, and I don't want to point out names or genres, but it's very difficult for them to speak about their book. Well, they're writing for a reason. Some are introverted and they find it difficult to get on camera or in front of an audience. And so, yeah, I mean, Mm -hmm. I can see that, but it is, it's like, you have to be ready for the press of it, right? You have to be willing to put yourself on the stage Mm -hmm. a little bit and, and get comfortable with it, which is, I think why we all love clubhouse, right? Like (laughs) using social audio to practice your pitch, to practice your, your meter, your timber, how you speak, how you connect with people in a variety of settings. Do you have your authors go in clubhouse regularly just to practice their presence? Yeah. I love, I love when they go on clubhouse. Um, I always encourage them, try to bring them on stage, try to, even when they're out in the world, I think it's just such a great place to meet new people, practice your message. A lot of times you're only getting two minutes, one minute, and you need to know what to do in that one minute where you're not showing up and throwing up, where you've just showing up and throwing up. I love that. We need to use that. That (laughs) seems to happen all the time. So people come and you, I've spent a lot of years in sales and that was, you'd have this message and you'd get in front of a doctor or business owner or whoever. And so many people go, blah, 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 blah. And you lost them. You lost them. You're selling past the sale. Mm -hmm. You're not actually giving them what they want. You're not asking any questions. You don't get a feel for the room. You just kind of puke it all out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and, that's bad sales tactics. And then did that, did that bring anybody in where you'd be better off to say, Hey, I'm Dominic. This is a great room. I know you don't have much time today. So I just wanted to say, hi, thank you. And maybe next time I come in the room, we can chat again. Yeah. At least that's been a good representation of your brand. You're friendly. At, yeah, right. At that point, they say, hey, so if in the, any cell at that point, well, next time, if, if cells is they like you, they trust you, they buy from you. Well, this person, they didn't try to sell me anything. They are somewhat likable because they didn't waste my time. They didn't do this. And then so as you're building rapport and things like that, I think it's much more important to go about it like that. I love that. So. If you have any advice for our aspiring authors to get published, to write their, to write their bestseller, to if they're self-publishing or traditionally publishing, what's that one nugget you're going to give us, Dominic? What's that one little nugget that we can encapsulate to do our best for whatever we're doing as potential authors? Give us something juicy. Okay. For me, I I think each person is so unique. And you have a story that matters. You have a story that can make a difference. So I think you have a duty to get out there by whatever means necessary and share your story. So whether that be a podcast, a clubhouse, writing a book, doing YouTube videos, if it's standing on a stump, 
or walking down the street with a megaphone, you have that duty. So my advice is get out there by whatever means necessary and share your story. Share your story. And that's what we're doing, right, Karina Belizzi? We're sharing Dominic's story. And doing. it's not always pretty. It's not always polished. But that is what connects us. Our vulnerability, our ability to articulate those hard times, that's where we connect with other humans, just like this guy. And I'm going to point to him. Dominic Demansky does. He's amazing. Motivation champs. Every day I... I see something on social media that you post. My day is a little bit better. I just have a question about the books that are behind you. Is there one that you might want to call out? A particular book that you think that people should be aware of? One, all of them. But I'm going all of them. Oh, I'm going to go with this one right here. This is a the Red Chair Experience by a gentleman named Chris Michelle. So it's a 365 day every day every entry is a different day of the year. So you can pick up and talk about like here, one chat, one entry is about compassion. One's about competition. And you can actually look at a glossary at the end of this book. But Chris's belief is this red chair is a red chair that was handed, that was his stepdad's. Mm -hmm. And then this red chair was his brother's and his brother actually lost his life to suicide. Yeah. And Chris now has this red chair. And when Chris sits in this red chair, it gives him peace of mind. It's his place where he can, where you can think, where he can um, be in the moment. And Chris says that we all have a red chair and you can find your, we each need to find our own red chair experience. So for today, that's the one I'll pick up. I appreciate you guys asking. I love that. We'll put the links in the profile if anyone wants to get access to the red chair. Because, Dominic, you're the biggest fan of the media casters, we're going to ask you to just send us off with two words. And you can read my shirt. Well, there's three, but the two last ones. Kick it. So it says kick <laughs> yes, it. Let's kick just it. Just kick it. Okay, just kick it. No, you just say kick. <laughs> you just say kick it. Not let's Appreciate just kick it. Wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. Kick you it. Have, you have it better in you, Dom. Kick it. Kick it. Awesome. Thank you. It's Thank been you. amazing. Thank you so much, Dominic Demansky. I appreciate you guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Media Casters. You can keep this conversation going and kick it with Karina and Jules in live office hours each week. Visit themediacasters.mn.co to sign up. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe whenever you listen. Let's kick it. This show is brought to you by Podetize podcast hosting, and done-for-you production services that get you heard by more of your ideal listeners. Visit podetize.com to book a free strategy call. That's P-O-D-E-T-I-Z-E.com.